You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Gunther? Gunther. Yeah, Gunther. You gotta be fucking kidding me. Welcome to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. I am CJ Palmasano. I am your host, and yeah, let's just get into it, shall we? Let's just talk about the big old Austrian elephant in the room that is not to insult. Walter is his fucking name. Walter. Those of you... For those of you who've been living under a fucking rock, recently in the latest episode of NXT 2.0, now I will preface it and say that I don't really watch NXT anymore because the NXT I knew and love is long, is dead and buried, long time ago. So, this past Tuesday, I saw I before I went to bed, I like to check what happens on NXT. I like to I like to see what goes on here and there because Roderick Strong and Walter. Almost, it enticed me to almost watch the show. And from what I heard, it was a really, really good match. Felt like the NXT of old. But after Walter won the match, and afterwards, the ring announcer is about to say, and the winner of this match, Walter, he grabs a microphone, Walter that is, shouts and said, Nine! The winner of this match is Gunta! You have got to be fucking kidding me they changed walter's name to gunther and for those of you who may not know walter is one of my favorite wrestlers today if you had to think of the perfect embodiment of a pro wrestler you show them walter man he's big he's strong he's mean looking menacing he's he just looks like a pro wrestler and he works like an actual pro wrestler and the chops like his matches like they call him the the ring general the ring general for a reason like his matches he has had the matches i've seen him had against pete dunn against tyler Bate, against uh Ilya dragunov will osprey like just to name a few he is undoubtedly one of the greatest pro wrestlers in the world today he has been promoted for years in wwe as walter he was promoted as walter for a recent uk tour against cesaro he's the longest reigning nxt uk champion and longest reigning wwe champion in general in the in the modern era as Walter, why the fuck do you think you need to change things? I don't know what it is about WWE that when they see something, when they see someone who has built their own reputation in the independent circuit or in different wrestling promotions, I don't understand what makes them come to go to them and just be like, you know what? We need to change. We need a fresh coat of paint. You know, we need to take this Austrian guy and we need to give him a new name. Make him an attraction. 
Yeah, let's make him an attraction wrestler. Let's give him the name Gunther. Let's give him the name, and let's almost give him the name Gunther Stark that we trademarked, and who used and the name Gunther Stark used to be a Nazi from World War II. Isn't that great? It's such good shit. I don't know whose idea this was. I don't know if this was Bruce Pritchard's idea, Vince McMahon's idea, or whoever the fuck is running NXT these days. This is a shitty fucking idea. It's fucking awful. Okay? Now, on the surface, you might say, well, he's not ruined. Well, he's not ruined just yet. The name change alone is fucking terrible. Okay? I was watching a Wrestle Talk podcast a little while, like like when this when this all happened, and Pete Cornell, one of the the hosts of the podcast for that episode, was saying like you know if he can still have matches, Walter quality matches, then maybe the name change isn't such a big idea, uh, such a, a big deal I should say. But the fact that they even did this is fucking ridiculous. We have seen time and time again. How they just change things for the sake of changing things. When you have a great wrestler right in front of you, you don't need to change it. You don't need to work on a character. You don't need to think of a presence. You don't need to think about what this guy or what this girl is. They've already done the work for you. They've done it for you. And what you do is you just decide to be like, Hmm, nah, you know what? This Keith Lee guy, uh, you know what? I'm going to do my Vince McMahon impression because here we go. Ah, Keith Lee, yeah. Big, strong, sweaty guy, yeah. But uh, we got to change his theme music because uh, no one's going to like that theme music. And you know what else we need to do? We need to give him, we need to give him, uh, he's too fat. He's too fucking fat, so we got to cover up those man tits. We got to cover up that belly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'll work. Yeah, and we gotta, we gotta give him a singlet. Yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll work. Yeah, let's give him that, you know. And uh, when he comes back, let's have him lose his hometown. And uh, yeah, yeah, that'll be good. Bobby Lashley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Oh, and uh, let's, let's. What else are we gonna do? Oh, we else gonna do the fuck up, Keith Lee? Oh yeah, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? I got it. Let's give him a name change. Keith Bearcat Lee. Now he's no longer Keith Lee's Bearcat Lee. Now he's known as Bearcat Lee's Bearcat. Yeah, he's the Bearcat. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Viking Raiders. Or the War Raiders. Oh, we can't say war on TV. Let's call them the Viking Experience. Yeah, let's do that. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Why the fuck do you need to change anything? Why? Simply why I will never understand the motives of this company and the people running it as to why the fuck they think they can just do whatever the fuck they want, change everything, and then they expect people to not tune out. They expect people to come back every single fucking week who watches this garbage and just... Think that, ah, it doesn't matter. They're going to come back every single week because our fans are stupid. That's the message you are sending to people who watch WWE, to WWE fans. That that you think we're not smart enough to know. 
I don't fucking know. And and going back to, to this whole tangent I'm going on, but with, with with Walter, I refuse to call him that fucking name. If this was Bruce Pritchard's idea, Bruce Pritchard has to be the most talentless fucking person in all of pro wrestling. And I don't give a shit who fucking hears this. This is ridiculous, man. This is absolutely fucking ridiculous. It has shown that when you put Bruce Pritchard in charge of Raw and SmackDown, clearly the product is not fucking good. Then you give him NXT on top of this, taking it away from Triple H. You stripped everything that made NXT great. You stripped it all away. And now, now you you think that it's NXT's fault and Triple H's fault that NXT didn't beat AEW in the quote-unquote Wednesday Night Wars, it's it's not the fact that it is NXT's fault. It is your fucking fault that you put NXT head-to-head with Dynamite every single week. You don't have to do that. If you didn't find AEW, the competition, then you would just go about your business, focus on your product, and then let them do their own thing. That's not your concern, but you made it your concern. Competition brings the best out of people, yeah. But when you have the roster that AEW has, when you when they first started, look at the people they had on their roster. Chris Jericho, John Moxley. Cody Rhodes, The Young Bucks, MJF, Darby Allen, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, just to name a few. And as time went on, we got more people coming to the fray in the roster. We got Sting. We got Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, CM Punk, we got, and many, many more. The fact that WWE thought that they could go head-to-head is ridiculous. And it's not a matter of talent that couldn't do the job, or not do the job, but like, but could handle that. You know, you had talent over in NXT at the time, like Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano and Keith Lee, Karrion Cross, Adam Cole in the Undisputed, and the rest of the Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Roger Strong, and, you know, you'd have Pete Dunne and Finn Balor down there. You have so many guys, you know, yes, they're talented, but NXT does not reach the audience that you want it to. It it just doesn't. It didn't. And it is Vince McMahon's fault that NXT lost to AEW. It is Vince McMahon's fault that NXT is the way it is. It is not Triple H's fault because Triple H had a vision as to where he saw pro wrestling going. And you know what? The WWE could be like AEW in a sense had this whole thing, had they just let Triple H do what he was doing and had he eventually been going into the, to become the the head of the company or whatever, or at least the head booker or whatever, then WWE would have been a great place. They were building for all that. Now all these all these talented wrestlers that that Triple H tried to had his hand in getting into the company, they're almost all gone. Aleister Black is an AEW. Malachi Black, Adam Cole, AEW, Andrade, AEW, Fish and O'Reilly, AEW. Like it's it's insanity. I I am just dumbfounded with the fact that WWE still does this shit. 
And I would be a lot more pissed off if I was still avidly watching the product every single week. I I don't. I just don't because I would be going even more crazy right now if I was. I... I'm not sure what the straw that broke the camel's back was for me. I think it was just a long, long period of time where I saw the bullshit they were doing and the awful week-to-week product of Raw every single week in 2020 and 2021. Or uh, or, uh, 2020, I guess, is where I kind of stopped watching. But I would still watch AEW. And I've said it before on this podcast that AEW was still able to put out a great product during the pandemic with no crowds and little and little to no crowds like with with some fans in the arena and they still had great week to week television and they're they're killing it and they're doing an amazing job. I am just I just can't stand what this company does. And I would want all of my favorite wrestlers to get the fuck out of WWE. I would want Walter especially to get out of WWE and just to go uh, to go and just go back to the indies, you know, I was talking with, you know, my, my friends, Bryce and Dylan from the making kayfabe podcast, and just messaging them this because we're all fans of Walter and his work. Um, especially, you know, my, my, my buddy Bryce is, um, he's a big Walter fan named his puppy after Walter and, you know, is trained to be a pro wrestler and getting those chops. And I'm like, you watch your Walter matches, my dude. Um, and, and my friend Dylan and I were just talking about how this is, absolutely ass backwards you know just why they just would just change it for the sake of changing it you know and and we were talking and saying that you know he he should try and get out of his contract whenever that happens and just go back on the indies because he was making a killing in the indies and the other thing the really the other big thing to remember here is that walter was adamant that he did not want to move to the United States. He did not want to move to the States. He signed to NXT UK and he was working the UK Indies because he lived there. He had a life there. And I guess when he signed NXT UK, that's his way of like, well, I'll be making some WWE money and I can still work on this brand, but I don't want to go to the States. And then some real life stuff happens to him. I think he was married and then he got divorced now he's, I think he's in a relationship with one of the trainers down in NXT, and, you know, things change, and he, his priorities change, so he decided to move to the States, and less than a fucking month he's been here, they give him this shitty fucking name, I don't know, man, I don't know, uh, it just, it, it saddens me, it pisses me off, it just boggles my mind it it uh it, it grinds my gish it just it really it, it boggles my mind man it's just fucking insane obviously i think we all would want walter to get the fuck out of we but who the fuck knows when his contract is up who the fuck knows where this is gonna go i swear i feel like the next thing they're gonna do is just give him a nazi outfit <laughs> I, I feel like that's what they're gonna do you know you know they they, they don't but really, they don't want anybody going to AEW or the Indies or wherever, you know? They don't want anybody going anywhere, you know? Like like Finn Balor, apparently. Apparently, uh, th- these are two reports going out right now. That one, Vince McMahon has lost all faith in Finn Balor. 
and then he never really saw him as a top guy, just kind of sees him as a filler guy, and kind of puts him in the Jeff Hardy position, where Jeff was there to kind of just put over guys and make them look good. Well, the big difference between Jeff Hardy and Finn Balor, as far as WWE careers go, Jeff Hardy at least had a big world title win. Jeff Hardy had some title runs. Jeff Hardy worked on top as a top babyface and is a bona fide legend and guaranteed Hall of Famer. Finn Balor has not even reached remotely to the heights that Jeff Hardy has. And that is not a dig at Finn Balor. I love Finn Balor. I think he's incredible. But the guy won the Universal, became the first ever Universal Universal Champion, I should say, and never had an opportunity to win it back and never was given a shot uh, shot as champion again because Vince proud him injury-prone. He got injured the first uh, the first championship match he had in the main roster. Now that's I would think that's more or less Seth Rollins, considering how he hurt Sting the, the previous year with the buckle bomb, and then had another same move to Balor with the buckle bomb. And you know I, I won't personally blame Seth Rollins or anything. Don't get anything. Don't get anything twisted. I'm a big Seth Rollins fan, but it, it, and obviously now I don't think he uses the buckle bomb anymore. But it's just, it was, he landed awkwardly. And that night ruined, I think, ruined his chances as a top guy, unfortunately. And now they, he just wants to use him as a guy who, to help get younger guys over. That's not necessarily a bad thing considering the, the career that F- Balor had in Japan as Prince Devitt. And the run he had the run he had in NXT the first time and the second time, this most recent run NXT he had was fantastic. I just don't get it and Balor could be a top guy he could be a guy that you could run as a top heel or a top babyface. and apparently you think like well maybe he's next on the chopping block for budget cuts or maybe he can get his release well apparently not because also according to reports and I believe the previous one was Fightful and I think this one's Rickside News wherever it is also according to reports that WWE are trying to actively stop Finn Balor from going to AEW. So here's my thing. It's one thing if you thought the guy was an asset and you didn't want him to go. That's one thing. That makes sense. If you if you find Finn Balor an asset to your company, if you find him as one of your top guys or even one of your upper top mid-card guys or good merch seller... If you relied on him, if you actually found him to be an asset, then why would you worry about him leaving the company? Because if you've lost faith in him, what does it matter to you? That doesn't make any fucking sense. It's just another case of WWE wanting people to stay in their company so they don't go anywhere else. And that doesn't make any fucking sense. If you're not going to use somebody, why the fuck are you going to keep them? Why are you going to keep them? Why? I don't understand. Finn Balor, if he wants to leave WWE, which that's up to him. I don't know if Finn Balor wants to leave WWE, but there has to be some hint or something where Balor might entertain the idea, considering, you know, a good number of his friends are over there, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, you know... It would make sense. I would love to see Prince Devitt in AEW, but I don't know. I really don't know. It doesn't make any fucking sense to me. If you don't want the guy to go anywhere, 
uh, then use him properly. Make him feel like he's wanted. If you think he's, if you have lost faith in him, then why keep him? I don't know. Maybe Balor just makes a shit ton of money and he doesn't give a shit. I have no fucking clue, but it makes no, no sense to me. I think personally he shouldn't resign when his contract comes up, whenever it comes up. And speaking of resigning, Sami Zayn has apparently resigned with WWE. There were rumors going around that he had resigned, but now it is apparently official that he has resigned with the company. I believe, according to Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful, yes, Fightful Select uh, has now confirmed that Sami Zayn has indeed resigned with the company and is locked down for several more years. Um, I, I mean, sure, I really didn't expect Sami Zayn to go anywhere. I think he's fine, you know. With his position in the company, uh, he does fairly well. We would all love it to be the underdog from the underground, Sami Zayn, but we can't always get what we want, unfortunately, with WWE. We can't always be happy wrestling fans. Um, just imagine this for a second real quickly. Just just imagine this, okay? Could you imagine if we live in a world where Triple H was running the WWE, was booking WWE, uh, Raw or SmackDown, whatever, whatever have you. Picture this. Walter goes on an undefeated streak similar to his NXT UK run. He's WWE or Universal Champion for like a year. Maybe a little more than that. And then, at that coming Royal Rumble, Sami Zayn's a babyface. Sami Zayn wins the Royal Rumble challenges Walter in the main event of WrestleMania. You can't tell me that wouldn't be an amazing fucking match. You have shown me before that you can do a match type like that David and Goliath type thing with Walter, with Sami Zayn. You had that storyline with Sami Zayn back in 2014 uh, 2015, whenever it was, when he beat Neville for the for the NXT title, and you had those matches with Tyler Bate and Walter for the UK title at that takeover. Like, imagine that. Fucking imagine that, because I would fly out, I would go wherever that WrestleMania is, because I would want to see Sami Zayn beat Walter. But unfortunately, that's not the case. That is not the case here. And other people who are the opposite of Sami Zayn, want to get out of WWE, that would be Mustafa or Mustafa Ali, however you want to pronounce it. He publicly requested his release this past week, but it appears that he is not getting it as per Fightful Select. WWE does not plan on granting Ali his uh, his request from the company. Those at Fightful had learned to confirm that WWE and Ali have spoken with each other, with Ali being informed that his request would not be granted at this moment, and as of now, it isn't the plan. Um, says that Ali reportedly has years left on his WWE deal, but has not been used on TV or in tapings in over two months, which began the day he and Vince McMahon had a, quote, heated argument over creative direction. Fightful notes that the term, value, quote, value was brought up in a lot of discussion between Ali and WWE. They were not giving specifics on, on that or why WWE didn't grant them the release. I think, again, this is just to hang on to them for the sake of hanging on to them. They're going to be petty, like, oh, you don't want to be here? Well, then we're going to make you miserable and make you stay here. We're not going to give you your release. Another guy who would benefit from going to other places, AEW. Uh, I think Ali would do well in Impact. I think you could really fill out that roster. But again, 
another example of them just wanting to hang on to a guy. They're not using him. He's not happy. He doesn't want to be there. I mean, what the fuck? There's been stories before where people, you know, you tell Vince he's not happy. Vince will like, well, want to make you happy. Well, you don't want to be here. Okay. Then he can find... It's because they're so... Again, it all goes back to they find AEW competition. You cannot you cannot deny that. You cannot tell me otherwise that they don't find AEW competition. You cannot tell me that. And the last bit of WWE news that will go into the podcast this uh, for this evening, this morning, this afternoon, whenever you're listening to it, it's a fucking podcast. Scotty Tuhati was recently on Jericho's podcast, Talk is Jericho. And he was told that Vince wants the coaches of NXT to look younger, to dye their hair, to dye their beards, to, I guess, to impress the network executives. Here's something if you don't watch NXT 2.0 like myself. But I at least know this. The coaches are not active characters on television. Those are the wrestlers. Uh, I guess you could say... Are the commentators as well, Wade Barrett and Vic Joseph? But they want the coaches who are not seen on TV. And even if they're seen on TV, maybe it's for like a fight, little thing, a brawl or whatever, and they're pulled apart for like, like five, like not even a, like a few seconds they're on TV. You forget about them. However, Vince wanted all the coaches to look younger. And I just think of that episode of Friends where Joey's like, 32 and he's trying to play a 19 year old he's got a sideways cap and a Knicks jersey and his boxers are out of his pants like yo sup <laughs> he's going to Chandler like whatever you do don't hurt me he's like you're playing PlayStation it's whack PlayStation is whack sup with the whack PlayStation sup it's like yeah am I 19 or what like yes Chandler goes if by 19 you could by really your real age which you are 32, then yes, you are totally 19. That's what I think. I, I Another really, really weird request. Scotty Duhati apparently lost sleep over this shit, and he left the company recently, and he wanted to leave on his own terms, which good on Scotty Duhati, or Scott Garland as he's called now. We all know. We all know he's Scotty Duhati. Um, Just so fucking weird. I, I would not want to work in WWE. I would not want to work there. Just just me personally, I would not want to fucking work there. I would just lose my my fucking mind. So, in light of all that ranting I did about WWE, let's talk about AEW Dynamite for the rest and half of this po- of this podcast. We kick things off with John Moxley's promo. We have not seen John Moxley not since September or October whatever it is. Probably October. I think we haven't seen Moxley since October. And originally, his whole thing was he was supposed to turn heel. He was going to win the Eliminator Tournament. And he was going to be Hangman Page's first opponent for the world title. Uh, That didn't work out. Obviously, he had checked himself into rehab for alcohol addiction. And I think we can all agree that is the right choice to make. Your health... Your person, your your actual physical well being and your mental health is what's most important to you. Get yourself fixed before anything else. Uh, that's a positive message I want to send to everybody out there who listens to this. 
Um, but Moxley did just that. He came out looking so much younger, and I'm like, oh my god, he looks so much better. It's it's amazing, you know, almost a little looking a little bit like Dean Ambrose, that guy from WWE who kind of looks like John Moxley. <laughs> but anyway, no, he looks so much younger, and he looks so good. Um, he gets in the ring, he grabs the microphone, about to cut a promo, and a fan yells and says, "Get this drunken piece of trash out of the uh, out of the ring!" And Mox says, "Hey, go fuck yourself! Get this guy out of here!" And calls him a piece of shit in perfect Moxley fashion. What What's great about this is for live TV is that is that he just goes, "Oh, go, get, go fuck yourself! Get that guy out of here, piece of shit!" On live TV, he just drops an F bomb. Fucking awesome. So. Moxley just comes out, and the, the the crowd was very quiet after this, really allowing him to speak his piece and just talking about how he was dealing with these demons. And they, they said they, these demons said to him that, oh, you think you deserved all those things? You think think all those good things are coming? You were supposed to have that? You're not good enough to have that. And he just he he fixed himself. He worked on himself, and he. He just says that he doesn't run from demons anymore. He just he doesn't run from demons. He just beats the shit out of them, and that Moxley appreciates uh, everyone and thanks everyone who st- stands behind him. That he's gonna grab the pro wrestling world by the balls in 2022, and says that he is truly free. He's been to hell and wouldn't recommend it, but li- but it's very liberating. If anyone thinks they can put him through more hell, he's thirsty. And if you thought he was dangerous before, all he drinks is blood. It was an incredible promo by Moxley. uh, A great return. So happy to see him back in in AEW and wrestling again. Um, Because GCW had announced that he was going to be returning this Saturday to the Hammerstein Ballroom. Defending his uh, GCW. Did I say ECW? I mean GCW. His GCW title uh, uh, against Homicide. In their show this coming Saturday, so Meltzer was saying that w- uh, AEW was probably going to announce some kind of return for him, because I don't think they would just allow GCW to make that announcement for themselves. But I'm very excited to see what happens next with Moxley. I'm very excited. The next thing to talk about is this Cody Rhodes promo. Now, while this promo was going on, I was texting with my my forever co-host Sean McChesney, and you're saying things like, you know, he comes out. He's got the TNT title. People were trying to say, you know, they're saying, oh, shut the fuck up. And I asked this question, is he heel or is he face? And really, I guess it's kind of up to you. You know, he was saying things like, you know, that CM Punk with the pipe bomb promo said he was going to go to New Japan, Ring of Honor, and team with the Young Bucks. But he didn't do those things. And he just turns to the camera and goes, I did. And, you know, the crowd boo him. You know, when people say that that with the concept of the Forbidden Door, that he created the damn thing. Is you want to know why I won't turn heel? Because when I say wrestling has more than one royal family, I'm talking about me, but I'm also talking about all of you. You know, he says how the Young Bucks got into a thing with, the, with Red Dragon last week. And, you know, I don't need the Bucks going, starting the Wednesday Night Wars again and beating Developmental one more time. You know, he tells Ricky Starks, his real-life friend, to stay away from Jay Lethal because the lethal injection is one cutter you don't get back up from. And says that how how they bring in Brody King and they don't change his name 
to Gunner McGillibuddy or whatever the hell his name is. You know, more fans try to tell him to shut the fuck up. You know, he says things like, you know, NXT sucks. Like, yeah, NXT sucks. And Cody says how Cody Khan sent him a contract. It may not be the contract he wanted with the reports of him reportedly working as a free agent, not being under a talent or an EVP, EVP contract right now, and challenges Sammy Guevara to an undisputed TNT Championship match, a ladder match, title for title, winner is the undisputed TNT Champion. So, I had to give this, I had to give both promos a rewatch because I was kind of watching when Dynamite was going on because I was also cooking dinner, but... Watching this, you know, I'm like, I was texting, I'm like, oh, he's being just a pompous ass. Like, he he's totally a heel. But then I hear the points he's making. I'm just like, wait, is he a babyface? So overall, I think what we saw here, this promo delivery and the condescending down talking and the good points here and there, I think this is more close to Bullet Club Cody Rhodes. Now, if you ever saw how Bullet Club Cody Rhodes was. It was pretty much this. And Bullet Club, you know, they may have been heels, but they were heels everybody liked. Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Adam Cole, AJ Styles, Gallows and Anderson, Switchblade Jay White, Tama Tonga, Tonga Loa, you know, so many guys. The... That Bullet Club are these cool heels. Everybody likes them, but they're selling the most merch. Like the NWO. The NWO are the bad guys, but they're selling the most merch, and they're so cool that everybody wants to be in the NWO. And I think Cody is kind of taking a bit of a page out of that book. Now, I've been saying for a long time, Cody Rhodes needs some kind of change to make me interested in him again. And God damn it, I think he's done it. I don't know if he's a heel. I don't know if he's a face. I think they've left it open to interpretation. I think he's the true meaning of a tweener. You know, I think that if you don't like him for certain reasons of like, oh, hogging up the spotlight or whatever, saying condescending things, that's a heel. But if you want to cheer him for like, yeah, NXT sucks. Yeah, they didn't change Brody King's name because Brody King's a great wrestler and they want to change his name like Walter. I there's a lot in this promo to digest. But I think overall, Cody Rhodes knew exactly what he was doing. I don't know if this was very last minute or if this was a plan, but I think it was more or less last minute because I don't think the direction that was going with Cody was working. They really, really needed to change the direction Cody was going in because I don't think it would have worked. Obviously, you still have people booing him, but I think now the point is he can be one or the other to you if you may seem that way. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm very, very intrigued as to what's going to happen next for Cody because the plain white meat babyface shtick was not working for me anymore. It was just not working. The best version of Cody Rhodes, to me, is when he is a heel, is when he was in Bullet Club, the the Kenny Omega-Cody Rhodes rivalry, the Bullet Club Civil War from back in 2018. That is the storyline that really made me see that Cody Rhodes is a phenomenal wrestler and that he is excellent with character work and storylines. So... 
I'm very, very impressed. Uh, I'm very happy, and I just cannot wait to see where things go from here. The other thing to say in that is that he directly mentioned CM Punk and said that how he that Punk said in the Pipe Bomb promo that he would go to New Japan, go to Ring of Honor, and wanted to team with the Young Bucks. But Cody did all those things, and Punk didn't. I think this is for sure leading to a Cody versus Punk feud. And if we're going to be doing this later on down the line later this year, then I say... Fuck yeah, let's do it. I think we can definitely have this, have this version of Cody Rhodes versus CM Punk and just have at it with the promos, especially with the promo that that Cody cut here. I, I think him and Punk would have a great back and forth with this with this whole thing that Cody's trying to do. Excellent stuff. Let's go into a little bit of other things that happened on AEW this week. Uh, Britt Baker and, and Adam Cole, Bay Bay, took on Chris Statlander and Orange Cassidy in a mixed tag match. This was a lot of fun. Not much I can say about it than other than I think Adam Cole and Britt Baker are the best fucking thing in AEW right now. Give Adam Cole the world title. Give him the TNT title. Give him something because... Britt and Cole should rule the NXT, uh, NXT, oh my god, I can't believe I just said NXT, the AEW uh, roster as the king and queen, just just give it to him, man. This was just really, really great. I think they are just so great together as heels. They are so great together as a couple, uh, an on-screen couple, because they are a real-life couple. Uh, it's just really, really well done, and uh, the match was fun. And next week, we're going to be getting Cassidy versus Cole in a lights-out match. So I would assume that is probably going to be the main event. And maybe they'll open with Cody versus Sammy. Who knows? Because AEW very much likes to go with the whole lights-out concept as the last match. It's like, oh, this is not part of our scheduled broadcasting. But it's, it's too, you know, like the lights will go on, the lights will go off. And this match is unsanctioned, and it will not affect their record. Um, Personally, I I think they go a little too far with that kind of stuff, but who gives a shit at this point? Um, Cole versus Cassidy should be a lot of fun. I think Cole should beat Cassidy here. I think he should still go on a winning streak, uh, and then eventually try and maybe challenge for Hangman Page's world title, maybe challenge for Sammy Guevara or Cody Rhodes' TNT title. We'll have to wait and see there. Um... Moving on, uh, CM Punk versus Sean Spears got a big old video package hyping up their big old match. Sean Spears being a 20-year vet and that he's the guy that that Max sends when he wants shit done. And CM Punk and him get in the ring. CM Punk grabs him. GTS, one, two, three. CM Punk fucking squashes Sean Spears. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, it sucks because... I, I do like Sean Spears. I loved him as Ty Dillinger in NXT. Um, but I love CM Punk. It was to further the storyline of MJF and CM Punk. Um, you know, Punk was egging him on, egging MJF on. You know, MJF was going to get in the in commentary. He's like, that he's going to, you know, Sean's going to beat him and visit, whatever. And then, boom, one, two, three. <laughs> uh, you know, Punk's telling him to get in the ring. And MJF shouting at him. He turns his back and goes on the top turnbuckle to go to the fans. MJF gets in the ring and is about to hit Punk. But then Punk turns around and is expecting him. MJF's trying to be a slimy heel. He goes, oh, well, come on, you know. And then he... Punk grabs him by the scarf and MJF gets away. Puts on the scarf at the top rope. Um, I 
this is definitely building to revolution. Uh, I don't know uh, what else they're going to do as far as getting invested in the match, but I've been invested in the match. Definitely my most anticipated match when the official card is released. And then Rapongi Vice uh, took the Young Bucks screen time and challenged the Young Bucks to a match on Rampage for tonight. And Brandon Cutler, as uh, <laughs> he was getting made fun of by Rocky Romero, and then Trent was actually being nice to Brandon. Like, look, Brandon, it's okay. Like, I sh and, and Rocky's like, shut up, Brandon, you piece of shit. <laughs> um, and then the Young Bucks uh, put up a new bio uh, yesterday uh, when this episode is being released. I mean, tonight, actually. Uh, he put there on their bio, it says, for fuck's sake, Brandon. <laughs> um, that shit is so funny. Uh, it should be a good match. Rapungi Vice and um, and uh, Young Bucks have always had great matches together. I mentioned referencing the matches of the Tokyo Dome, so it should be a lot of fun. And we had Lance Archer uh, destroy Frankie Kazarian in uh, this just just slugging him the fuck out. Um, and after the match, that um, you know. Dan Lambert is now with Lance Archer along with Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, he starts cutting a promo on, on Hangman Page, and Lance tells him to stop. He's like, I'm going to show what I'm going to do to Hangman. Throws Frankie out of the ring, has a steel chair. Hangman comes out, starts fighting with, with Lance Archer, and they go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Hangman gets his literally gets his fucking cowboy boot and hits Archer in the head. Goes for the buckshot lariat. Archer gets out. But uh, Archer, actually, Archer misses. Uh, Archer avoids, I should say. Uh, Hangman hits these, you know, these uh, these elbow shots at him. Eventually, hitting clothesline, get him out of the ring. And Lambert's with Archer, telling him to get out. And it's, you know, it's, and Jr. like, oh, there's no money in fighting the champion without the title on the line of the match. Don't get me wrong, I love Jr. I'm just, <laughs> it's just a bad Jr. impression. Um, um, you know, I'm looking forward to Archer and Hangman Page. Uh, it just sucks that this is kind of a filler feud. Archer just came back from injury he just came back and Paige is for sure gonna beat him but it should be a great match nonetheless you know Archer's a great wrestler uh and so is Paige um we had also seen that Big Money Matt has sold 51% of the Hardy family office to Andrade Alidolo Andrade will act as El Presidente while Matt handles the day-to-day -day operations and it has been renamed to the A. HFO, Andrade Hardy Family Office. Um, so I'm just gonna put this wild theory out there. It's very specific that Matt Hardy sold 51 percent of his comp his quote unquote company to Andrade. 51 percent. I think this is going to lead into Andrade screwing over Matt Hardy. And he'll be the one calling the shots. He'll kick Matt Hardy out of this little group. And then, this is where we enter Jeff Hardy. Where Andrade will send Private Party to Matt and will start getting Hardy Boys, Team Extreme, or the Hardys, they're not boys anymore, uh, with maybe we get tag team matches with Butcher and the Blade versus the Hardys, Private Party versus the Hardys. I think we'll get a lot of really great matches out of this, and I think this will 
eventually turn Matt Hardy babyface, and this will bring in Jeff Hardy. And I think this is the way it is. Because Matt Hardy is he is the the head of this whole thing. Why would he sell him 51%? Even still, that means Matt Hardy only has 49% control. So, that's what I'm saying. I think this is going to bring in Jeff Hardy. I think this will eventually bring Jeff Hardy to AEW. And then we have uh, Beach Break, which is announced for next week. We have Layla Hurst versus Red Velvet because Layla Hurst turned heel on Chris Downlander and Red uh, Red Velvet. The Inner Circle, Jericho and Santana Ortiz versus Daniel Garcia in 2.0. Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara in a ladder match for the TNT titles. And Orange Cassidy versus Adam Cole in a lights out unsanctioned match. Now, if I recall correctly, isn't Beach Break in Cleveland, Ohio? I'm pretty sure Beach Break is in Cleveland. And I'll just I'll look it up here. Uh, AEW Beach Break. AEW Beach Break 2022. Uh, it is indeed in Cleveland, Ohio. Well, Johnny Gargano is a free agent. Johnny Gargano has been teasing an in-ring return. I think it would make a lot of sense if he shows up on this show, maybe challenges the new TNT champion, whether it be Cody Rhodes or Sammy Guevara. Who knows? Um... I just think that would be really fun, really cool. And then uh, the Acclaimed uh, were defeated by Darby Allin and Sting in a fun tag team match. And Sting is flying off of the fucking stage at 62 years old. Jesus Christ. You wouldn't think that Sting was that old watching him these days. He's an absolute madman, and it is just the best thing to see him at his age having so much fun and just doing all this great stuff. I think this is leading eventually to Sting and Darby having the tag matches, uh, the tag matches, the tag titles. They're not having tag matches consistently, but they're treated as an attraction tag team, a, a, a really special thing, and it's really fun to see Darby and Sting uh, team up. It really is. You know, I was at the, the Grand Slam show seeing FTR versus Sting and Darby, and it was a lot of fun, man. Uh, I think eventually Darby and Sting will win the tag titles. It's just a matter as to who the team will be that they'll take the titles off of. Could it be Red Dragon, maybe? I don't know. Um, I would say Red Dragon is the likely team to beat Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus for the AEW Tag Team titles down the line. Um, and then maybe they could drop them to Sting and Darby. And I wouldn't see Sting and Darby holding onto the tag titles for a long, long time. Uh, I mean, I never even really considered Sting to win any kind of championship in AEW, but they are an undefeated tag team, so who knows? But uh, I think Red Dragon could be the ones to take the titles off of uh, uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. And speaking of Red Dragon, a big congratulations goes to Kyle O'Reilly for the birth of his baby daughter. She was born on MLK Day on January 17th, the also the birthday of uh, the late, great Betty White. Um, this is a really great thing. Uh, congratulations to Kyle O'Reilly uh, and his wife and their new baby girl, and hope and hope they have a lifetime of happiness. And yeah, because Kyle O'Reilly is such a nice dude, a 
looks like a very nice, genuine guy. Anyway, we'll end on a happy note here on the podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. If you liked what you hear, and if you're first time, first time listener of this podcast, thank you so much. Uh, you can follow us at on Twitter at TNAWP, and you can follow us on Instagram at the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter if you like at CJ underscore twelve fourteen. You can follow me on Instagram if you like at CJ underscore twelve ninety three. Please be sure to be listening to us on your favorite podcast app, whether that be Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play. Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you can find us. If you can leave a five-star review in your certain uh, your certain podcast app, please do so. Please write a review. Please share with your friends. It helps us immensely here at the podcast, and it helps us uh, gain boost the numbers, the analytics, and all that fun shit. You know what I mean. If uh, maybe you don't know what I mean, but what it means is that it will help us immensely every little bit goes a long way and we appreciate every single one of you who listens to us every single week so thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the not another wrestling podcast i have been cj palmasano and we'll see you all next time